0: Brian McKinn here, joined again because NFL season is right around the corner by Ariel Epstein. Ariel, what's going on?
1: Thanks for having me on. I'm watching some college football, and I mean it can't be any better than this. We're gonna have football, baseball ending uh, the regular season soon, going into playoff time. It's gonna be a wild next few months.
0: Are you are you more upset that summer's over or that football's starting? Because it's a weird conundrum because like you're you're a big sportsman, obviously. And I think we're getting into the most of the, the perfect time of the year when it comes to sports because you got all four major sports that are starting up, including the college and stuff. So it's great. But also summer's over. So the fun time of the year is over. Where, where, where does your where does your headspace lie at this time of year?
1: I always say it's the most bittersweet time of year because you don't want to see summer go. I'm trying to enjoy every last day of my weekend. I know college football week one is this week, so I'm already going to be watching some college football on Saturday. However, my friends are begging me to go out with them for brunch on Saturday because they said, Arielle, we know once the NFL season starts, we're never going to see you. And it's so true because I end up working about six and a half days a week. It's bittersweet. I just can't think of a better way to spend my Sunday than watching the NFL Having something to watch every Saturday, Sunday have baseball still on, so you're not in that period where you're bored the rest of the week. It's a great time of year.
0: Although we're Yankee fans, so there's not much, uh, not much looking forward to on the horizon. September
1: is okay. also my birthday, though, so it does. It also has that.
0: You got everything. Well. You got everything going for you now. Oh, another thing you got going for you. I just realized fifty thousand Twitter followers. You you, you want to, you hit over the mark. That's congratulations.
1: Thank you, fifty thousand on Twitter within the last month, ten thousand on Instagram within the last month. Hopefully, we can keep it growing. But uh, I know followers are in everything. I just do appreciate everyone who follows me and all the people I get to interact with over our betting.
0: Lots of content. Uh, Ariel, Thursday night is the opening night of the NFL. I know you're as excited as everybody else is. It really can't wait. Uh, They're open right now. The lines are two and a half uh, Bills Rams, and I just want to break down one game for now, and then we'll go to the season over unders and stuff. But one game, two and a half. Opening night's kind of a tough spot for me to analyze, really, because you really don't know where two teams are, and you're you're kind of basing your analysis on what happened last year. Where do you lean in this spot?
1: You know, you really threw me for a loop, because I haven't really thought about where I lean for the side on Thursday Night Football yet. <laughs> um, it's a really tricky one, because a lot of the times I've been in this situation before, watching these games on opening night on Thursday, where the road team just really seems to struggle out the gates while the Rams will be able to just stay put. It is kind of fishy though, that on the road Buffalo is still favored by two and a half. So you'd have to imagine if this is a two and a half on Buffalo on the road, that this line would have been a minus four and a half if they were at home,
0: which seems a little out of control in my opinion.
1: Correct. Except you have to look to who the Rams may have lost. If the run game's healthy Um, obviously last year, Matt Stafford had a great season passing the ball, but there were a lot of injuries down the stretch for the Los Angeles Rams. So are they healthy enough? And is this defense going to be able to sustain such a high flying offense in the Buffalo Bills who added a running back? Their defense has gotten better. The Rams have a great defense. Don't get me wrong, but, um, yeah, I just, I'm not going to give you an answer yet because to be honest, Brian, I haven't done much research or really, um, looked up. Too many details on game one of the NFL season yet. Honestly, I hate primetime spots like that, uh, week one. But we'll probably, I'll probably have some more stuff later on this week.
0: That's understandable. Well, we, well, what makes it so intriguing this matchup is the fact that these are two of the higher over unders out of the entire season, and I'll, I'll use that to pivot to that. Uh, Buffalo is eleven and a half, uh, and LA is ten and a half. I, I'm sorry, though, the way I look at it, Ariel, I have a hard time betting these these extremely high over-unders because a lot of times, even though these teams are really good, you don't see these, these best teams in the league hit. Uh, for some reason, I like Buffalo's over more because they'll feast on their division more than L.A. will be able to. But still, I mean, these two teams I think are going to be two of the top teams in the league. Do you find value in betting the overs in this spot or is it more a value on the under?
1: I'm not going to say I find value in one of the most public teams in the market in Buffalo. I'd rather look elsewhere in the AFC East than look to the New England Patriots. I like their over of eight and a half wins. Feels very low for a team that finished one game within Buffalo last season with a rookie quarterback in Mac Jones, who's now entering year two under his head coach, Bill Belichick. Belichick's getting back some of his favorite coaches, Matt Patricia, Joe Judge. The defense last year for the Patriots was top ten. The offense for the Patriots last year, top ten. This team, you really think under Bill Belichick is going to regress from last year? No. The I Patriots actually, I better. actually
0: do. I do. I, I got to disagree with you on, on there. See, the way they, it, to me, it looks at like the way they finished the schedule last year. They finished the, the season looking like completely lackluster. You liked what you saw in the middle of the year from them, but towards the end of the year, I mean, they just fell apart. Their offense was completely inefficient. I know they had injury problems. But they fell apart towards the end of the year, and I don't know. Is Mac Jones one of those guys that you watch early on in his career where you see a lot of dominance out of his game, and you think he's a superstar? Because I'm sorry, I see Mac Jones right now, right now, and towards the end of last year, and I'm not seeing a, a superstar type quarterback that's going to carry my team. I don't think the Patriots are necessarily there yet. So you you like they're
1: over? I like they're over. He was just a rookie last year. If there was any coach in the league that I would trust to develop a quarterback in his second season and not allow for teams to let the tape tape dictate uh, and expose him, it would be Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. I'm glad that people are down on them. Listen, a lot of the public bets, like the Ravens, um, there was four really public overs. The Patriots are the only over I bet in the win total. By the time I got to the Ravens, it was too late. They were already heavily juiced, but The Ravens were up there. Um, I think the Jets were up there. Yeah, that scares me. There's four teams that had about 95% of the handle to the over on their wins. Um, And I think it was also the Saints were a part of that list. So those are some of the very public teams, the Patriots. I'm glad people aren't on them. Keep sleeping on Bill Belichick. It
0: makes it makes you feel better about your bet. I, I will say the way if, if you want if you're out there listening and you want to find a way to bet those teams that are public and they've gotten too public by now, look more towards divisional bets. So like I went ahead and I bet the Ravens to win to win the AFC North. Because that line was like it was, I got it at minus one thirty. To me, that was a more solid bet than betting the over, where the public is juiced on it because they can hit their under and still win that division. Because they'll just that division will beat will beat the crap out of each other. So I like those kind of bets more. The jet one's intriguing to me, and and since since obviously it's New York station, let's go to the jet one. Five and a half, and it's moved back and forth, and I've got it at five now publicly. And we're doing this, we're recording this on Friday, so and it'll air Monday. Ariel, I don't know how to feel. I mean, Wilson's not going to miss nearly as much time as, as people seem to think he was going to miss. I think the Jets had one of the better off-seasons in the, in the entire NFL, but their schedule is also really difficult going in. I don't know how you look at this over when it's extremely public, but I'm sorry, I have I an impossible time betting a team under five. Even as bad as Jets have looked in years past, a 17-game schedule under five is just a really hard bet to make.
1: There's no way to bet the Jets aside for under. You can't bet the Jets... Um... And it's just a every year it's been jets to the under, just to the under, and it just keeps catching. Yeah. The totals even the win totals even dropped from six and a half to five and a half throughout the preseason. We haven't even played a game yet. The Jets have an iffy quarterback situation. Their quarterback injured for the first however many weeks of the year. They're going to keep him out, so Joe Flacco's starting. You know the Jets don't want to keep Joe Flacco as the starting quarterback. So who's like you know that at some point. There's going to be a quarterback change. Now the offense has to readjust to a different quarterback. In addition to, like you were mentioning, the schedule a bit. They've got to take on the Ravens game one at home. Uh, but I just have no—you would have to be a Jets fan to bet the over.
0: Truthfully. I mean, I, I, I agree with you, but that, but that, the whole public was on it, It's which is what's confusing to me. Is it, the lower, is it the lower number and a younger quarterback that gets people excited? I, I, I can't seem to.
1: It's the head coach. I really like their head coach, Robert Sala. I think he's a great coach. He's a defensive-minded coach. He should get the Jets team to eat better. Okay. To be honest, I don't mind the over five and a half. I, I wouldn't bet it because, again, I'm just not going to put faith and my money into the Jets. I could see the Jets winning six, which is why I like the under six and a half wins for the Jets the five and a half number is a bit too low because I can't see. Yeah. Can they have five? Sure. But I wouldn't want to bet on something that would be a little bit, I wouldn't want to bet on the Jets that four wins. Um, so five and a half, it's that murky line, six and a half. I would have said, no way the Jets get seven.
0: That, that's six, that's why, you know, six uh, is
1: my cap for them.
0: If you know anything about gambling, you know, the Jets are winning six games this year. Then it's already, it's already Correct. confirmed. They're winning six games this year.
1: Correct. They're going to win six games.
0: Yeah. Uh, the giants, uh, across town, uh, The numbers at seven, I have made a sick profit over the last few years just hammering the Giants under because it seems to hit every single year. The number gets inflated because they've got one of the biggest fan bases in the league and and the the fan base, I'm sorry, I've I've gained this reputation here, I don't really mind. Ariel, the the Giant fan base is one of the most delusional fan bases in the entire league when it comes to thinking your team is better than it actually is. I mean, it is wild. Giants fans convince themselves every year by late August that they're going to be a playoff team and they're not even close. This over at seven, I'm sorry. I, I'm i all over the under again. I, I think Daniel Jones stinks. I think it's his last year here. I think the overall roster is not very good. I, a new coach is not not necessarily, you don't see a lot of new coaches winning a lot of games in their first year in the NFL. I'm sorry, Ariel. I don't know how you can lean any way other than the under here.
1: Another team. Sorry, New York. I'm just not betting any overs for these New York teams. They're not good enough for me to put any kind of money in an over. I would have to go under also for the Giants this year. The Giants are another team that, have they gotten better? Have they improved their Have they improved their defense? Have they improved the offensive line? Like these are all very big question marks. Can they stay healthy? The receivers last year all got hurt throughout the season. I don't trust the Giants. I would go under as well in seven and a half wins. Um, they're also in one of those kinds of divisions where the Eagles got better. The Cowboys have always been good compared to the rest of the division. Washington has a tough defense to go up against. I would
0: go under, too. Yeah, that division's tough. Too. And, and the Eagles got so much. But I think the Eagles are the best overall roster in the league right now. I mean, they, they, other than the quarterback position, they're set, I feel like. So the, I can't see a scenario where this Giants team is going to run off any, any three-game winning streak. And you kind of need that to hit your overs, at least when it's over 500. They're not going to hit that at all. Um, Ariel Epstein joins us. MLB Network, she's all over the place. Gambling expert, prop queen, you know the, you know the deal. Uh, Ariel, today... Russell Wilson signs a five-year extension, $245 million. I loved this report that came out. I don't know if you saw how Russell Wilson said that he spoke to the new Broncos ownership and told them that he wants to be able to take a deal that helps them sign other guys as best possible. And then he signs for $45 million a year, the second highest of all time in a season. So I don't know how that really matches up. They're over-unders at 10, Ariel. I'm on the under here, and it seems like I I think this was the fourth team you were thinking of on the over-unders that the public is all over the over for. I I get the excitement on a new quarterback going to a new team, and Denver's got a nice roster, but I'm sorry. That division is insane, so I don't know how you could possibly take the over at 10, but I'd love to know where you feel on this.
1: I wouldn't look to the win total for the Denver Broncos. I would look to Russell Wilson winning MVP. I would look for the Broncos to win the division. It might sound crazy. The payout is way better. Those two would be correlated. If you're going to get this Broncos team over 10 and wins, that means that you're in the running for the division, which means if you're going to beat the Chiefs out for the first time in, what, eight years to win the division? Yeah. Russell Wilson should win MVP. All of that is a way better payout than the win total, which you're going to be laying money on or what – I don't know what you're seeing, what books you're using, but you're not going to be getting – what the Broncos are to win the division. You're not going to be getting odds close to 10 to one for an MVP. So that's why you've got to look away from the win total on the Broncos. Think a little bit more optimistically for them. If you are optimistic on them, get a little bit more value out of it by winning the division or Russell Wilson
0: MVP. I also think there's just no value in the overs in that division because you're looking at the Chargers, the Raiders, those are both really competent teams and the Chiefs. I just picture a scenario where no matter who wins that division, all those teams in that division are just going to beat the crap out of each other for 17 weeks. They're just they're, I mean, Every team might go one and one in the division against against the opposing team. So I don't, I, I don't envision a scenario where betting an over in that division doesn't seem profitable at all. The winner of that division might have only 10 wins, and that's not an indictment on the team being bad. That's just on the division being crazy.
1: That's going to probably be the toughest division in football this year. Last year it was the NFC West. This year it's the AFC West. I am staying away from the division when it comes to win totals because I really don't know what to expect out of it. Now, granted, obviously you could say that about any NFL team in any division. You get better reads on certain divisions because things either stayed the same or teams got worse when it's the case that teams got better because they went out and got really good quarterbacks like Russell Wilson. And then you also just look at every quarterback, Justin Herbert's a young up and coming quarterback. Who's another year into the league with another year under his head coach up against now you've got the chiefs who have been great. Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson in Denver and Derek Carr in Vegas. Derek Carr had a pretty good year last year. They were a playoff team. So there's four teams in that division that could all finish above 500 who could be like the AFC North a few years ago, where they had two, three teams make it to the playoffs. Wouldn't shock me if you see that out of the West.
0: The, the, the team that I have uh, coming out of the league this year, that, that I feel like is a little less spoken about that. I think is gonna make a lot of noise this year is the new Orleans saints. I flirted with taking them for divi- the division, but I, I, I kind of weakened down on that. I'm more, t- I, I leaned more towards them to make the playoffs. Cause I got that number at plus money. And I just think it's so juicy. Here's my thing. That defense is awesome. They've got weapons on that team and, Jameis Winston, you know what you're going to get out of him, right? You know you're going if he stays healthy, you're getting five thousand yards, you're getting thirty touchdowns, you're getting thirty picks, and I think with him having an elite level defense for the first time in his career, that'll result in wins. Finally, uh, that's my kind of dark horse. Even though I think more people are starting to lean towards it as the season gets closer, who's your team that you're viewing going into the season that not a lot of people are talking about that you think is going to make a lot of noise? Because We get one good. every year. Right? Am I wrong? We get we get every single year there's a team that comes out of nowhere that that just wins 10 games, wins 11 games and makes a lot of noise. I feel like last year was the Bengals, right? There's got to be a team that that's out there for you that you just think is coming out of nowhere.
1: Ooh. Well, I guess we talked about the Patriots a little bit before who I feel like everyone's sleeping on, but I guess I won't mention that again. A team that I feel could come out of nowhere this year. Um You really caught me here. Are you going to go Are
0: you going to go with Miami? Because a lot of people are going Miami, and I don't like them at all.
1: No, I don't like Miami. Good. That wouldn't be the team that I choose. Um, I would say, okay, I'm not going to go crazy and say. I'll. T- I think the NFC North is very interesting. The NFC North, to me, is the most intriguing. I understand your take on the Saints. I know my friend Kelly Stewart is very into the New Orleans Saints this year. The NFC North, you could find someone come out of there because it feels like a weaker division. The Packers lost their number one wide receiver in Devontae Adams. Their quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, is going to have to deal with a lot of young players on that team and developing young talent. The Detroit Lions are a team that not to make the playoffs, to get better though, go over their win total potentially. The Lions had so many one-possession games that they lost last year. When you find a team like the Lions who lost so many one-possession games, there's got to be room for growth the next season. Watching Hard Knocks, their head coach has been a lot of fun to watch in dealing with the players and creating a fun winning mentality. Them, Minnesota, those are two teams that I'm watching out for. I, I know people don't really like the Vikings quarterback, Kirk Cousins. He still has got an arm. He's got really good receivers. He's got one of the best receivers up and coming in the league, Justin Jefferson. He's got Adam Thielen. So I just feel like the Vikings could also be a team that could be a sleeper pick going into the season, and for make the playoff odds, the Vikings would be that pick out of the NFC North.
0: Can't can't argue with you there. Uh, two more two more futures, and then I'll let you go. Uh, where do you see value in the Super Bowl picks? I, I don't I don't think as a, as a a gambling savant as we call you, I don't think that you would go towards the top of the list necessarily on the favorites because it, it, it's, you're not getting as much value as you are with the under with the teams that are coming out of nowhere, kind of. Where do you see the most value in Super Bowl odds? Is it the Chiefs at a plus eleven hundred? I mean, I'm shocked that the Chargers are fifth in this list right now. But I'm looking at the list right now. Past past four, I'm not seeing an insane amount of Super Bowl contenders, and I hate the Bucks at two at plus seven fifty. Do you see any value at any of these teams? Uh, you, you throw a little change on a little bit early in the season right now, or you kind of wait for things to play out.
1: Months ago, for the first time ever, I bet my own team. I bet the Baltimore Ravens at twenty two to one. They're the only. This is the only time that I have ever felt the team. I'm very honest with my teams. I'm a Yankees fan, and I'm a Ravens fan. My dad's from Maryland. Mm -hmm. I am always hard on my teams. My dad hates watching games with me because within the first quarter, I'm cursing at the TV, yelling at the team that they stink (laughs) and they're doing everything wrong, and I'm so so judgmental. The Ravens are being severely overlooked by the books. They're being severely undervalued. I'm sure once you see Lamar Jackson sign his contract. The odds also continue to get shorter on the Ravens. The Ravens were in the playoff mix till the second to last week of the season last year. They even still had a shot. I think the last week of the season, if a lot of different things happened, they weren't mathematically eliminated. They had no secondary. They were down to third and fourth string corners and uh, safeties. They didn't have a quarterback the entire second half of the season. Lamar Jackson was out. They had Tyler Huntley, who was awesome, except he also had he had to have uh, he had no running back. The whole the whole running back room was gone. Your interception cleaner, Marcus Peters gone. The Ravens had so many injuries last year. If this team can stay healthy with the head coach John Har- Harbaugh and their coaching staff, the Ravens could have a shot. I, I, I like your your AFC North bet. I have that one too. I put a little bit of the twenty-two to one because it's great value to sit on. I don't regret it.
0: I I can't complain about that pick at all. I actually love that pick. Uh, the Ravens are being severely slept on too, and people are forgetting. They're. I think the Steelers are going to have a terribly down year because whether you play Pickett or Trubisky, that's the worst offensive line in football. So I don't know how. Even if Pickett's amazing, I don't know how he's going to have a successful first year when his offensive line can't stop a nosebleed. So I don't know how. I don't know how you're getting any production out of the Steelers and. Cleveland, I'm sorry, not having your starting quarterback for the first 11 weeks of a season is just not going to work out for you. So I don't know how Baltimore's not going to build a big enough lead in that division. And Cincinnati... Uh, I every single year you see a team come out of nowhere that makes a run like that. They always have a regression the next year. So I don't see how Baltimore coming into this year with a healthy Lamar Jackson and not to mention, like you said too, a motivated Lamar Jackson. I don't see how they're not going to be be a team that's going to be on a roll this year. I I think they're being sev- them and the Saints are the two teams that are being severely slept on. I think I think we uh it took us a, a while, but we we got to our answer of the two teams being slept on. No.
1: They are the teams being slept on. The reason the Saints are being slept on is because they're in the same division as Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. But I hear, Ariel
0: though. I I, I I hate to get into this argument. At some point, Brady's Brady's going to fall apart. Like I, it seems hard to believe, and we I know we keep saying it every single year, but I, at some point, he's not going to be able so to throw for four thousand yards the anymore.
1: Thing you keep putting your money against Brady, and I'll just hold on to mine.
0: I, I get it, and and, listen, and that, listen, that's worked out for you. You've saved your money, and I've lost my money. I get it. But at some point, I'm going to be right in that argument. Uh, there's going to be a year where you're going to end up having saved more money over the years, but I, I, there's going to be a year that comes where I'm going to be making money off betting against Tom Brady because it's just—you're defying bi- biology at this point. I, I get it. He's already defied biology, but there's no way he's going to be able to play at that level. There's, there's going to be a year, I'm telling you, where— He's going to be beaten out for the division. It's it's going to happen at some point. I think it could be this year. It could be. I'd be reminisced if I if I let you go before asking you a baseball future because you are all over MLB Network as we know, and with the with the fifty thousand Twitter followers, we we got to get an answer here. Where do you see the value in the in the World Series future bets? Because I think that's that's the only place we're locked into now when it comes to futures. Um, to me, I'm all over the Braves. I, another one that I I can't comprehend why it's this low, Ariel. The St. Louis Cardinals at plus twenty two hundred. I don't know how it's still at that at that spot. I, I'm sorry. I, I the Cardinals have an awesome starting pitching staff now, especially with Jordan Montgomery the way he, he's pitching for them. Their bullpen is really good. Their lineup is deep. Are, are they the most disrespected team in, in, in the sport right now? I, I, or do you see more value in another team here?
1: They're not the most disrespect. They're not the most disrespected. It's more because of who they have to be in order to get to the World Series. They have to be either uh, the Dodgers or the Mets or potentially both if weird things happen, I doubt, but like potentially you're facing those two teams. And that is the toughest one, two punch in baseball, the New York Mets, the Dodgers, despite having lost Walker Bueller, one of their best pitchers who probably would have been a game one starter. He is gone for the year. And now you have a Clayton Kershaw who just hurt his back and came off the IL and the rest and their lineup is still amazing, and for whatever reason, the Dodgers still find ways to be the best team in baseball. That's why you're seeing the Cardinals so such long as such long shots right now. Whereas in the American League, you've got teams like the Astros and the Yankees, and then there's everyone else. But um, I don't think the American League is as strong as the National League is this year with all the pitching that the National League has, um, and that's why you're seeing the Cardinals where they are. But you could compare the Cardinals. To the Nationals of their World Series year. It's not a crazy bet to go take the Cardinals. The thing is, the Cardinals do have the second, or excuse me, the Cardinals in the second half of the year had the easiest strength of schedule. Don't let the second half for St. Louis fool you because they could beat bad teams. Can they beat the good teams? That's what's going to be their, uh, that's going to be what determines things in the playoffs because that strength of schedule the second half. I can't use that. It's the easiest schedule in
0: baseball. I get that. I I, I will tell you this, though. As a a fan of gambling, I can't wait to fade the Dodgers in the postseason. I get the top of their lineup is terrifying, but they have a lot of uh, sub-200 hitters towards the bottom of that lineup. Obviously, your your, your favorite, Joey Gallo. Um, And losing Gonsolin's huge in that starting rotation, too. You're one in that rotation now is Kershaw, and you know better than I, uh, Clayton Kershaw has... Not necessarily in his postseason career, put up the best resume possible. Uh, he's one of the all-time great regular season pitchers, but he's had a lot of clunkers in the postseason. I don't know. I get it. The Dodgers are going to finish with 108 wins, and they're going to be an all-time great regular season team, and and they they seem unstoppable. But Ariel, in a postseason series against a really good team, I, they seem very beatable to me. Am I am I off am I off base there or no? I wouldn't.
1: I, yes, I mean they are beatable. Their pitching is what scares me, no doubt their closing situation is what scares me for sure. They are beatable. The national league is going to be really interesting to watch. I really would be shocked if the American league, not ALCS Houston and Yankee, like New York Yankees. They two of them are the best teams. I think by far in the American league, the central is extremely weak when it comes to the national league, any of those teams, including the Braves, any of the teams at the top of those divisions, they definitely are scary. So I am uh, I'm very interested to see what goes on in the national league, but it's unfortunate because I I liked the Brewers at the beginning of the year. The Cardinals just have such an easy schedule going forward. Is there some value there? Sure. The team that I think still has the most value right now in the futures market is the Chicago White Sox to win the American league central, because they have the second easiest schedule in the second half of the year. Uh, And there's, I don't really trust the other two teams at the top Cleveland and Minnesota, Chicago White Sox is the only play. If you could bet something in the futures market right now, that would be the fun one to sit on around six to one.
0: Interesting, I like that. Uh, Ariel, I couldn't thank you enough. Uh, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, hopefully you have a very profitable NFL season. And I look forward to looking forward to your content for the rest of the NFL season. Thanks for joining me.:
1: Thanks so much. Good luck.